so I guess, yeah, to begin, just to get a better picture of your adoption, where were you adopted from and where did you grow up? Well, I was adopted from Portland, Oregon, and I grew up in Portland, Oregon, too. Okay, so yeah, not much travel there. <laughs> yeah, there's no travel there. Um, my birth mother is from Oregon also, just not quite Portland area. Okay. But Oregon area. Wow, so you're just local through and through. Oh, yeah, local Oregonian girl right here. <laughs> yeah, um, and this is a random question, and if you don't know the answer to this, this is totally fine, but from our last conversation, we thought, or I thought, with Sophie, we thought this would be an interesting question to ask, but do you know the agency you were adopted through? So I asked my mom, and she said open adoption, and I don't think that's the agency name, so I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> okay, yeah, but- Well, I think it might be. I think we may have all been adopted through the same agency. Yeah, Um, that's what I've been told too. I just, is that the name? Yeah. So Sophie was, yeah, the other day, I was like, yeah, I was adopted through the open adoption agency. I didn't even know that. That was like, that's weird. Right. (laughs) And I think this is a fairly simple question, but just so we all have an idea of your adoption, who were you adopted by? Um, I was adopted by my mom and my dad, Josie and Brad, and um, well, my sister Ellis didn't adopt me, but she was also in the family for five years before I was there. (laughs) And how old were you when you were adopted? Um, As far as I know, my adoptive mom was actually in the room when I was born, And Ellis says she remembers hearing me cry from outside the room. And my dad was at the hospital too. And even like my grandparents were in town and stuff. So I think they officially adopted me like when I was born and when it was time for me to leave the hospital, that's when they brought me home. That's amazing. That's so Mm -hmm. early. Um, Yeah. It has got to be a part of everything. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so with that, Growing up, did you know uh, one or both of your bio parents? Yeah, so I know one of them, um, my birth mom, Shelby. And uh, I guess, like, she's always been in my life and she's come and visited and been at birthday parties. But I have a little half-sister, too. And I'm a little more close to my half-sister than I am my bio mom. But they've definitely been in my life. Like, they were at my graduation party, at birthday parties, and all sorts of things. So for all the big life events, they were there. That's so cool that you get to have both in your life like that. Yeah. Um, and me and my little sister definitely still hang out a lot. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she's also in Portland then. Yeah. Well, actually, she's around Salem area. Okay. Yeah. So not far. Not far at all. Amazing. So what is the relationship with your bio mom at this point? Is there um, one? I... I don't feel like there's any bad blood, but I don't really feel like there's much of a relationship either that she's just kind of a figure in my life. (laughs) Yeah. And, but I definitely have more of a relationship with my little half sister. It's just like, um, I don't know. It's weird because she, I wasn't always so close to her. And so now I'm like learning how to fit another family member into my life while also living my life the way it's been. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. What changed with your half-sister's relationship? Like, when did you guys start becoming closer? I think when we got older, because she's uh, 
I want to say four or five years younger than me. Okay. And so like when we were just younger, it was just different. Like every time I saw her, I enjoyed it. But like that was my little sister, you know, and um, I only saw her about once or twice a year. And now it's kind of like she's getting to the end of high school pretty soon. Not this year, but pretty soon. And um, we just have a better relationship in the sense where we can relate a lot more now. And it's kind of actually strange how we have such similar interests and similar even like almost mental health issues. And so it's definitely a different a different level now that we're closer, not closer in age, but you know what I mean? Like we're able to relate a lot more with a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and this actually brings up for me just another question. So just before we move forward to clarify the only siblings you have are Ellis, who's also adoptive, and your adoptive sister, and then your half-sister as well, or do you have other siblings? Well, blood siblings, that's my only one that I know of. Okay. Um, I don't actually know who my birth dad is or even really have a name for who that might be. <laughs> so I'm not really sure on that end. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> fair. But I also, um, Ellis's half-brother, um, she has more half siblings, but specifically her half brother, I definitely count as a sibling because like, actually it's kind of strange. Her bio grandparents and her bio brother have been more in my life than my own birth family to the point where I call uh, her bio mom, Baya, which is grandma in another language. I forgot which I, I want to say like Syrian, but I'm not exactly sure. Um, yeah so <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so funny how I adoptive families just have the potential to balloon so much family so fast I know it's crazy and like I have, feel like I have like a million moms because I have my bio mom my adoptive mom my god mom like you know <laughs> you're just yeah you're flush with moms <laughs> mm-hmm. I got all the moms <laughs> oh man I feel yep I feel you on that one <laughs> almost too many (laughs) yeah and I think we talked a little bit about this but how open was your adoption growing up um I think it was actually very open I think my bio mom like was very she was younger and I think she had her own things to work through and she didn't want to step on my adoptive mom's toes so she was there but she was also there from afar um her mother though my bio grandmother um she was actually very open at the beginning like she was come hanging out with my mom and like would take me places and hang out with me and um so I would say it was pretty open I just think like my my bio mom was like the age I am now slightly younger I think when she had me so I think she was just going through her own things so there's like no bad blood there but I think when she visited, she was more there for my adoptive mom than actually for me. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. What do you mean by that? Like, why do you think your bio mom was there more for your adoptive mom than you? Because when I think about it, I actually don't really know her that well. Like, I know my little half-sister. I talk to her, like, daily on social media. Um, but when I think about it, I don't even know my bio's mom favorite color. Like I, wow. I really don't actually know her that well. It's just mostly 
uh, small talk when we see each other. Interesting. I really want to ask you how you feel about that, but I also don't want to dig too deep. (laughs) It's definitely a struggle a little bit because like um, my 21st birthday is coming up. So I'm just like coming to a place where I want to know more possibly who my bio father is or if he knows I exist. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, you know, for personal reasons, I I would like that information. (laughs) Totally. Um, So it's, I do have questions and it's a little like, I'm very curious, but I don't hold anything against her in any way. And like, I have no hatred or anything like that towards her because I also know it is a difficult position for her too. And that that's bringing up stuff that was um, happening 21 years ago. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So th- that is that that is an aspect, but I'm definitely coming to an age where I'm like, okay, I really want to know, and this might be the the medical talk in me, but I also just kind of want to know my like medical her- like history, you know, like what I'm prone to and what I'm not prone to, because like I feel like there's a lot of, I don't know, I deal with a lot of like mental health issues and anxiety and um, even like just like stomach issues that I'm like is this genetic is this just me like where is this coming from you know and so I just definitely have more questions and I'm definitely curious and sometimes a little frustrated and just like um that kind of question like where do I come from like what's my background and I I mean I have taken a ancestry DNA test so like I know my heritage but that didn't really answer that much you know (laughs) I just told me I'm white as hell so (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't give you your origin story. And I think your origin story is really important. Exactly. Yeah. Would you ever want to ask her more about that? Or or is it kind of like a, oh. Yeah, I just, I'm also nervous myself to like bring it up because I don't really have that strong of a relationship with her. Again, not a bad relationship, just not a strong relationship. Absolutely. And it's, you know, she is your mom in some ways, but also coming to this person you don't know and be like, so what is your medical history and your mental health? (laughs) Also, like, it's just weird because like my, my adoptive mom or people who know my, my birth mom will be like, oh my God, you seem just like Shelby right there or, you know, and So it's like, I wouldn't know, <laughs> like, but apparently I like talk like her sometimes and I do hand movements like her sometimes. And so it's just, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess I'm getting to that point where like, I think I am going to reach out and like try to get to know more. But I also feel like with COVID and everything, that's also a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Everything's more of a struggle these days. <laughs> yeah um no that makes so much sense and yeah knowing your origin story is so important and also when you hear things I can imagine like oh my god that's so much like Shelby and your birth mom it that must be somewhat disorienting as well like well I don't really know her so yeah so with that in one or two sentences, how did you feel about your adoption growing up and how do you feel about it now? Um, to be honest, I felt completely normal about it growing up because my sister was adopted and like, right. uh, you're a big person who was in my life growing up too. You were adopted. Like literally, I would say like easily 50% of the people in my life were adopted. And so 
to me, it was literally just so normal. But I kind of realized like growing up as I, as people started getting, becoming more cognitive with questions, I would get asked like, oh, how was the orphanage? You stayed in one, right? Like things like that. (laughs) I know, right? Yeah, it was so bad. And I feel like I never stayed in an orphanage. What? And I think that's when I started to realize, oh, maybe adoption isn't as normal as I thought it was. Yeah. (laughs) And I actually even was bullied in school a little bit for it because I was literally, I was, I don't remember ever being told I was adopted. Like, I just always have known I'm adopted. That, like, that's, that's that. (laughs) Right. So I was always personally really open about it to everyone. Like, Mm -hmm. I was proud of it. And I mean, I am still proud of it. Like, it's a big part of who I am. Um, but I would, I would like this one comment from this girl. I don't even know what we were arguing about, but this was like fourth grade. And I distinctly remember her being like, why do you listen to your mom? She's not even your real mom. Like saying that to my face. And so like, you know, I did get some comments like that every once in a while, but that was more so when I was like younger with petty kids, just being stupid, you know? Um, so that's when I kind of started to realize like, oh, I'm a little different and then puberty hit and I kind of realized my like I think part of it that's when I really realized I looked a lot different than everyone else in my family mm-hmm. and that began to affect me too so I definitely th- more throughout the years as I've realized more things about myself and have had more questions it's definitely I wouldn't say negative but I definitely see an effect of it on me that makes a lot of sense Um, yeah yeah just because it has been your whole life and for the majority of people it isn't their reality at all so you just really get to see that difference Mm -hmm. (laughs) which and it's also so weird because I literally have been told that I look like my mom and dad like my adoptive parents and Ellis and she looks more like my mom and because like they're tall like my mom and sister are like five six five seven my dad's like well he's my height he's like five four uh, <laughs> he's small <laughs> yeah but they all have like really dark hair brown eyes brown eyebrows like they're very naturally more slender and then there's me who's like barely five four blonde hair blue eyes bushy eyebrows like <laughs> yeah different like I am not slender by any means like <laughs> so it's just like getting comments like that being like you have to see that there's not a like why are you saying that like what yeah why are you trying to draw these parallels when there aren't any <laughs> I sometimes feel like people make those comments when they're like kind of uncomfortable with the fact and don't necessarily like they're like no you are a part of the family and I can see it it's like no no you can't (laughs) it's not there like I am a part of the family but you can't see that yeah (laughs) Yeah. you think of your bio family or your adoptive family as your family or both I think of my little sister as family and I kind of think of my bio mom as a family friend. Interesting. Can you um, elaborate on that a little bit? I mean, I think you have already. Yeah. If there's any pieces. Yeah, I think it definitely goes into the fact that 
I kind of feel like I don't really know her and she I'm not trying to dub her because again I held nothing against her but there's like this is a really good example like I remember her this is probably when I was like just beginning high school around that time within the few years um I remember her coming over for one of the birthday parties and since me and my um me and Ellis's are so um close like we were celebrating both me and Ellis's and I remember her like picking out like giving me an Ellis pair of earrings and Ellis opened hers first and she goes like Ellis oh my gosh those looked so much like you and so like I was so excited to open mine and then I opened mine and like they weren't (laughs) ugly but they were not me at all and she was like I didn't really know what like what you would like blah 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 blah. and I'm like but you just said what like I was just really confused by that and like I didn't expect that to stick with me because like you know again I don't really hold anything against her and I wasn't mad at her for that I was just kind of like oh okay (laughs) yeah and um, so like that just kind of stuck with me throughout the years and I feel like that's a good example of how I think of her as a family friend like someone I do appreciate and I do respect but not someone I have a really strong or like big relationship with yeah absolutely you saying that makes me also want to reflect on my experiences and the difficulties maybe I've had with my biological parents and also been like, I'm not mad at them. I don't hold anything against them, but that doesn't mean there weren't difficult times or difficult pieces. With that too, um, so you see your biological mom as more of your family friend. Your sister falls into the family category, which makes sense. You talk to her every day almost um so what does your adoptive family mean to you and what does your biological family mean to you huh I haven't actually really thought of that question to be completely honest I huh trying to figure out like the good wording to to say this (laughs) I think I have like only one comment to really say on that because I don't really know how to elaborate it, but I feel like people get to choose their family. And, and I, I feel like I have chosen a lot of who my family is. Yeah, that I think is a very poignant way to put it, right? Like they both be family, they may be different family, but you've chosen who in there is your family. Exactly. And everyone does hold a special place in my heart, like for sure. 100%. But yeah. And when you were growing up, when you were balancing these two families, um, did you ever feel a sense of where do I belong or questioned your connections to your family? 100%. Um, Even now, like, there's just so much for me, like it's an open adoption, but there's still so much unknown, like so much. I do not know about like why I was adopted fully, um, who my bio father is, or if I have any more siblings, like I, I truly do not know that much. And I think I actually disassociated a lot from those questions growing up because I just didn't really have the mental space or capacity to really fully understand everything at that time anyways. And um, as I'm coming to that point, 
like there was just so much unknown and I didn't necessarily feel like I could relate with my adoptive family, especially when I started puberty and growing up because I had completely different body type. I had such bad acne when they never, no one else in my adoptive family really had acne. I had thick wavy hair that they would chop off because they didn't want to brush out the knot. <laughs> I mean, it's it's all brushed out now. So, you yeah. can see it, but <laughs> so you know, there was things where like, I, I honestly did feel really different. And even in, with the way I looked at things, because I also had horrible ADHD still do to this day, but I had symptoms that showed up as it would in a boy, little boy. So it was kind of unusual because symptoms show up in girls sometimes, or at least they're misdiagnosed. (laughs) And so I definitely did have that feeling of like not knowing where I belonged because I didn't feel like I fit in with my adoptive family, but I also didn't necessarily feel close with my uh, bio family. Yeah. Questioning your connections to both, it can be quite an isolating experience. Mm-hmm. Did having another adoptive sibling help with some of that? Um, they definitely made me feel included, but I don't know. Like, I always was a little jealous because Ellis also had two godmoms that were very involved in her life when my godmother wasn't as much involved. My godsisters were. And like she had her sibling and her bio grandparents and we would go over for Thanksgiving and we'd see them on Christmas. We'd see them on this holiday. And I maybe got to see my bio family once a year. And so there definitely was, I don't know, like it, it, I guess it helped sometimes, but it also just made me feel like really, and it wasn't necessarily, again, my bio family's fault but like almost kind of forgotten or left behind even though like I had known I was adopted from the beginning yeah absolutely that I think I think we're going to come back to a question about this a little bit but I think watching this other life and family that you could have is a very different experience and can evoke a lot of really complicated feelings (laughs) And even at the time, like, I really did not realizing it. Like, honestly, all these feelings have come up the last year because I've actually had the space to process and think about it. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And those are really big and heavy things to process. Mm -hmm. Just Yeah. How have, how have you been handling that all? Because that's like really big. I don't really know how to go about it yet, to be completely honest. And especially with COVID going on and not necessarily having as many resources as I would have if COVID wasn't going on. (laughs) It's definitely a little harder. So I kind of, I'm kind of at a standstill with all that because I kind of am waiting to find some helpful resources to maybe help me process it in a healthy way and maybe make a plan on how I want to go about everything and my feelings and healing. That is awesome that you know that. Um, cause that <laughs> stuff is like, there are so many layers to dig through and just to even know that it's deep and big and know how you want to approach it, I think is a really incredible feat. Also, like you said, growing up, you really, you don't process it too much. I don't yeah. think You're kind of like, yeah, this is, you might question it 
and you might feel weird and you might do some Google searches, but one, there's not a lot of information out there. And two, you don't process it like you do, I think, as an adult. And you want to say something really crazy? Huh? I have not researched adoption ever. Ever? You never felt compelled to? No. And I think that's where, when I brought up how I'm disassociative, I think that this is where that comes into a big play because like, I've just never, I mean, I guess I've researched it in the sense when I hear about friends that I know, like some of my, one of my closest friends is adopted. So like, once I hear the stories, like that's kind of my way of researching, but Mm. I've never actually gone on the internet and researched. And so like, now that makes me also think about how like when people actually ask me questions like oh you're open adopted what is that I don't actually know how to fully explain it <laughs> Interesting. it's yeah it's such a personal and big thing and also that's so interesting because I definitely know like in my experience I when I was 14 or 15 and just having yeah a hell of a time <laughs> um I also feel like that's that's your first like oh shit moment and then your next is like as you become an adult or gain your independence and you're like oh wait what (laughs) (laughs) yeah god but in that too um I actually in doing all of this and creating the website and stuff I found a lot of resources either for finding adoption competent therapists but also a lot of adoptee groups that meet online if you're interested in those, because um, 100% email them to me. Cool. I definitely will. Part of, so my experience with this, not to make this about me, um, but I, so there's an adoption alliance in the Bay Area and it's for adoptees of color. And I signed up like seven months ago and never got up the courage to go until last month. And I went and it was probably one of the best experiences I've ever had in being adopted and feeling like I'm not alone like people get this and just hearing other people's stories was really powerful yeah that sounds actually really pretty amazing and there's so many ways to go about this um but yeah (laughs) yeah for sure (laughs) but yeah I'll definitely compile some stuff to give to you because I think yeah, we all do it in our own time, but the I, I did not expect the support group to be as fulfilling as it was. Um, yeah. So, sorry, back to the question a little bit of where do I belong? Um, were there any particular ways that when you were questioning and you were feeling kind of this sense of isolation that it really manifested for you? either like in within this last year or growing up when you were thinking about those uh yeah (laughs) I would say honestly once I graduated high school which I did at 17 I did a year early and I went to college and had that freedom that's where where do I belong really came up I mean, I started dyeing my hair crazy colors before then, but I started doing like all different hairstyles, haircuts, makeup and like clothing and, you know, started not dating the best guys and not participating in the best activities, (laughs) um, especially at my age. And I definitely went down a little rabbit hole there just trying to discover me and 
you know, I, I, I may have ended up in the psych ward one or two times, <laughs> but we got through it. I'm here. <laughs> and really I, learned you're here. So, <laughs> I learned so much from it. And, um, I, I mean, I still do have that question of where I, where do I belong, but I feel like I'm farther on that, farther down the path on that journey to figuring out where I belong. <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine, yeah, going through that. And you also went to school so far away. So I can imagine oh, yeah. <laughs> too. Missouri? With that, yeah. <laughs> with that. Nowhere in Missouri. <laughs> I'm sure that also had some impact because you just get to sit alone with your yeah. thoughts. Did, did I mention the, the all girls school too? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting to see how I think for a lot of adoptees, there are a lot of mental health concerns and a lot of different things that do start to come up as we try to figure out who we are. Um, and I think for some of us, yeah, it can be more extreme and for some, and then others, it doesn't really phase them, but there's still like, there's just so many different experiences. For real, there are. I would say almost every person I have met that's adopted has some sort of mental health issue. <laughs> Mostly anxiety. Though. Yeah. Anxiety and depression, I feel like are really big yeah. ones. Yeah. Those are like really big ones too. Yeah. I should it also is. send you this uh, webinar that I did that was called Adoptee Voices. And some of that was just them talking about like how the trauma of adoption has impacted their lives. Um, really interesting. Kind of going off of that, the like the trauma of adoption, I actually, I kind of like that because when we say adoption, everyone's like, oh, you're adopted into a family that wanted you. Yeah. They chose you. And you don't really think of it as trauma, but adopted kids 100% think of it as trauma. Even if you know, even if you were adopted like me from day one, like, yeah. It, there, there is so much trauma that comes with it that I even think adoptive parents or just uh, bio parents don't even begin to realize because there is biological factors in it. And not saying adoptive parents aren't people's parents, but there is definite trauma that comes with it and uh, that manifests in like anxiety and depression, like you were saying. And so like, that's just like a really good way to say it because like, people really don't recognize it as that, but it 100% is a trauma. As much as it is an amazing experience, it is also a trauma. Yeah, that's also, I think, that's a really good way to put it as well, right? Is It is mm -hmm. an amazing experience in a lot of ways, and it also is a trauma. Um, yeah, like, I have so much family, but yeah. I also have a lot of trauma from it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, none of us escape unscathed. <laughs> yeah, just kind of on that note, two things that have kind of come about more and more is one realizing that even if you were adopted as an infant and at birth you know there's now studies that show that infants have a connection to the biological person so yeah and a lot of adoptees from what I've been seeing like to call adoption trauma actually relinquishment trauma because of being relinquished from the person um, yeah that's also a great way yeah. and like I definitely actually just made a connection to as a little kid like I had horrible anger issues and horrible panic attacks as a kid mm -hmm. and so like I think 
that almost comes from that separation anxiety factor to it that because there is biological like a factor to it and connection and so now thinking about it like I think that honestly manifested from maybe that (laughs) yeah that's a really cool connection to make and definitely one that I can imagine will take a little bit more exploring (laughs) Oh, for sure. 100%. Yeah. It's really interesting sometimes to look back on your life and look through your life through the lens of adoption. A little overwhelming, Mm -hmm. but uh, still really cool. Oh, yeah. Um, And then, so I think we were talking about this a little bit when we were talking about what family means to you and also just questioning your connections. But um, were there moments in your life where you felt um, that you were kind of growing up parallel to a life that you could have lived oh yeah like I I remember growing up and like you know when I would do that teenager crap or pre preteen crap that like I would just get mad at my family <laughs> uh, I would just get angry and like there'd be fights and arguments you know as a family does any normal family mm-hmm. I I remember like if I would be crying because I, I also I do suffer from a panic attack disorder so, like, I had a lot of those, too, like, all throughout my life. So, like, distinctly in those moments, like, I I would always be, like, if I wasn't adopted, I could be living a completely different life, maybe even a better life. Or if I was even just adopted from a different person or, you know, like, it's kind of crazy. And it wasn't even necessarily that I didn't like that my family adopted me. It was more so I would just have a different life. And just that even just that possibility was just like, kind of crazy to think on, but I would still like think on it for hours, you know? Yeah. Hearing you say that. Yeah. (laughs) It brings up a lot for me of like, yeah, you, that is something you would ponder or I, you know, I would ponder for hours and it makes so much sense. Like, that is such an overarching thing. Yeah. Like massive to just even try to think about of like, oh my God, had this one event not happened, my whole life <laughs> would have been. Yeah. And actually, like I did this so much as a kid. And to this day, I regret ever saying this stuff to my my mother. Um, but I would always be like, I'm gonna call. Shelby and have her adopt me back like I would I would stay so, say stuff like that to my mom like not really realizing the meaning behind the words I had just said because I was little with my little lisp and stuff you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's horrible that I did that but like I really did not understand the heaviness behind that and I think that fits into that like parallel because like I thought it was as simple as just a phone call you know like <laughs> yeah but there is such a weight to it that I don't think you can ever super grasp when you're very little and it definitely comes on as you get older. Something that I think is really funny about that is hearing about, you know, other parents who are like, I'm going to send you back to your biological family, but instead you're like, I'm going to send myself back. (laughs) I'm going to jump right back up the womb. (laughs) Let's try this all again. (laughs) Okay. Um, I know you talked about this a little bit already, um, but growing up, were there cultural references that helped or hurt your experiences in understanding your identity as adopted? I I really honestly wouldn't quite say cultural references or just like along the lines of that because I'm white and, and my family's white besides 
Ellis has some Native American in her. And so I guess to me, my parents tried so hard to incorporate the Native American culture and make sure like we went and saw museums and specifically we'd go out of our way to do things to learn more about that. But it never really felt like there was that much effort put into finding out my background. And I mean, I got my DNA test and like, I, I mean, I come from Europe. So like, that's all of history is all about that. But like, yeah. it was just kind of like, just like that, that difference, like going from like always going to museums for my sister. And then when it came to me, like nothing really like that came around. There was no helping you kind of understand your identity as adopted as well in that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Yeah. That, that must have been hard. Yeah. And I think I, I talked about how I had anger issues. I, I was a really angry child. And I think things such as that can, were really big contributors. And again, it's no one's fault, but they were contributors for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, I think a really, I can only imagine how difficult that would be to have also an adopted sibling and see how they're taking care of part of their needs and totally missing that on your side as well when it is like a a very different experience for you both but also the same experience yeah and um another thing like kind of along the lines but it fits in like Ellis knows both her birth families yeah or birth parents and she has multiple siblings that she knows Mm -hmm. but she chooses not to really have a relationship with them and so it's kind of hard being at this age and her like being living with her and stuff and just like knowing she has this opportunity to at least know this this past or Mm -hmm. this history about her and I don't even know the name of my birth father yeah and so that's definitely hard yeah that contrast I can imagine must feel so stark in a lot of ways and I don't blame her by any means because Mm. it's her choice period but it's also just definitely hard being like well she has that choice and she's not even taking it right and I have that choice and I want that choice yeah like if this were me I would do anything everything with it Mm -hmm. yeah and to watch that kind of go unrealized I can imagine is in some ways frustrating even though it is totally your choice I think my biggest thing about my about like wanting to know my birth dad is Mm -hmm. knowing if I have more siblings out there yeah and and also again I I, I have uh, some some mental health disorders, including OCD, that falls in the anxiety category. And I, I really want to know my disposition on specifically cancers that run in my family. Makes a lot of <laughs> sense. Yeah. Good stuff to know. Yeah, or just, you know, other medical conditions. Yeah, and like, absolutely. And then, like, I, um, I had a, actually a really serious eating disorder growing up I I distinctly remember in seventh grade I started out with bulimia and turned to anorexia and calorie cutting throughout life and it was up until September or yeah around September through November that time is when I really got 2019 is when I really got help and kind of overcame that and so like I think because that was such a big part of my life and literally like I'm not going to lie, like 
for about four years that literally controlled my life um I want to talk to my birth mom about it be like did you struggle with this as hard as I did is this a genetic thing that I'm gonna have to worry about with my kids like you know because eating disorders can be genetic and stuff and so like I think that is the biggest thing is because like I've never really found someone I can relate to on things like that I mean like everyone can relate who's adopted can relate on some sense but it's so crazy because adoption is so individual to each person and each person has such like similar experiences but also drastically different experiences yeah and it's in that it's really nice to hear other people's stories and it can also be really hard because it's like oh this is kind of similar but also I'm still very alone in this experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so getting more into, I guess, almost the meaning of your adoption. Um, what story, and you kind of, I guess you talked about this a little bit in that you don't know the full story of your adoption, but what was the story of your adoption that you were told um I'm not gonna lie I was told a couple different versions but the one that's kind of like seemed most consistent is that my birth mom was around 19 you know or 18 19 um first year of college you know and got a little prego <laughs> um, didn't know for a lot of pregnancy and when she found out she wanted to give me up for an open adoption because she wanted to she wasn't she didn't feel like she was going to be able to like provide me the life she wanted for me and that's also why she chose an open adoption is because she did want to be a part of it but uh, yeah I, I I really don't know how true this is but I was also told that there was, I wasn't originally thought to be fully white. <laughs> so I don't really, that's another factor is like, I really don't, I mean, I'm, I'm white. I have a DNA test. I, I'm 100% white. I'm actually <laughs> what they call an English muffin. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. But like, even just knowing that I'm like, wow, like, is my, does my birth dad even know I exist? Um, and things like that and so yeah I don't know yeah (laughs) yeah yeah the origin story is such an interesting one because like if you don't know it you're left with a lot of questions and there's a lot of answers that maybe you can get and maybe not and that's um and it's funny one of the questions too is did you hear different stories from different people but it sounds like yeah (laughs) a little bit yeah I've actually never heard the story from my biological family. Interesting. <laughs> um, so I've, I've heard it all from my family and I've just, it's almost like each time it's told is a little different, you know. <laughs> it's you a legend. Know- <laughs> what? You also know my family. So I'm just- <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm laughing a little bit. I can just, like, it just becomes a grander story each time a little bit maybe oh man (laughs) (laughs) 
And here we went on a tangent that is totally irrelevant to this interview, and we pick up the conversation with the topic of May's sister, Ellis. That's how I felt in dance when we had to like record ourselves each time we rehearse a routine and watch ourselves dance and then do that for eight hours. Oh my God. That sounds kind of like next level torture. Yeah, don't ever join dance team because it's also not worth it. Like we weren't <laughs> even that good to be practicing that much. Oh, the sad realities of <laughs> childhood. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, why did I waste so much time of my life on that? But you know, in the moment, it was very important. So something I there. Really don't know why though. <laughs> <laughs> like it was, but like, why was I so? Actually, this might fit in. I I looked up to Ellis as such a big figure and Ellis was on dance team before I was. And I, I kind of remember always looking up to Ellis and like literally just wanting to be her. Like I would say up until I was like 16 and, you know, I was really starting to establish like my individualism and like who I was. And so like, I literally like, I wanted to be so I wanted to be a part of dance team and do all that kind of stuff and even be a part of theater and musicals. Like I remember I got into the, I was in the dance chorus for um, Chicago my last year of high school, but I, I quit because dance team took up too much time. And I was also graduating early. So I was doing eight classes plus online school, plus night school, plus dance team. And then a musical on top of that. Yeah. Wow. I went, it was, wasn't going to cut it. So I didn't actually do it, but like, I just wanted to be a part of that because like, I really didn't know who I was. And so I thought like, you know, I'll follow my sister's footsteps, but like, it's just weird because we're completely different people. Like we are truly sisters. And we talk about like, we're soul sisters, even though we are not blood related. And like, we fight all the time. We don't get along. We're so different. We like, we still love each other full heartedly. And like, she's my best friend. Like I tell her everything. Like I'm not, like, I really do. And but that just kind of is crazy. Like, I just, I think I just tried so hard to be her because like, she was the role model in my life. Yeah, absolutely. Older sisters are such a role model. And then on top of that, having an adopted older sister too, I can only mm-hmm. imagine how much it's like, I want to be you. Mm-hmm. Going back to the questions a bit. Did you have a story about who you were due to your adoption that you told yourself? No, I really don't think I did. Like, I think I kind of just always like, yeah, I'm adopted. I know my birth mom cares about me. I know she doesn't like, she didn't not want me, but she just couldn't give me the life. But like, I think I kind of just repeated that narrative in my head and never really thought that deep into it. And I think part of that now is like, I've recently, like in the past couple of years, like really started to process everything. And so I just... I feel like I'm just now kind of making that narrative. That's really cool that you're now making that narrative and yeah. you kind of get, I mean, I can imagine it's a huge and daunting task in a lot of ways, but it's also really cool that you're in the process of that and getting to reflect <laughs> on things and create your narrative. Oh, for sure. Um, in what ways have you been able to manifest your own sense of community, family, and relationships? Um, I have a lot of really great open friends from literally all sorts 
of backgrounds from all sorts of places, from having all sorts of different experiences. And so I think that's kind of like, they're my family. And they also like, even though we have such drastic backgrounds, like I, I can really relate to them in a lot of senses and a lot of ways I'm feeling, even if they aren't adopted actually, because I don't know. I just like, I have friends that have, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I don't come from the struggle. I had come from, you know, adoption with some trauma and my own family stuff. But I also have friends that come from the struggle and come from completely different backgrounds of me. So it's like, I think that's just really how I connect with my, my friends and family is just like, we all have these crazy, amazing different stories that we've come up from. Yeah. That's an awesome way to look at it. Um, and this is leading me to a question too, um, of just what does family mean to you just in general? Well, family definitely doesn't mean blood to me. (laughs) (laughs) Family. (laughs) Sorry, a little. Well, a little crass. (laughs) I don't know. Family is like, to me, the people that are 100% behind me and 100% with me and I'm 100% with them and behind them and we have such a deep connection and love for each other oh that's so I love that like that makes the unconditional love on both sides unconditional love like the kind of love you're like are you sure I didn't know you in another life like Like, that actually, is- that kind of goes off what I was saying with Ellis. Like, we literally, I mean, me and Ellis believe in reincarnation. We're little hippy-dippies, whatever you want to call us. <laughs> but, like, we'll just talk about it. And we'll be like, we definitely were, like, true sisters in one life. And I think that's why we're sisters in this life, too, even if we aren't blood-related. Like, we do talk about that a lot. I love that. And, yeah, making those connections. Um, if you could go back to your child self what is one thing that you would want to tell yourself then and it can be at any point stop holding on to negative things what do you mean by that um I think this kind of goes into how I was saying I was a very angry child and there wasn't it wasn't necessarily being adopted I just I had all this other stuff going on I mean being adopted did fit into it like I said but like I I did I honestly did have more on my plate than an average uh, adolescent should. Um, And so I was really angry and I would get really fixated on small inconveniences and I would hold on to grudges when I didn't need to and um, so on. So I think that would be my biggest advice and like really don't hold on to negative energy I guess and keep moving forward because you're going to figure yourself out I love that and I yeah also just think too when you do have so much on your plate it is so hard sometimes to let those things go but also the need I there was this phrase that I heard once that I think kind of plays into that which I absolutely love which is um sometimes you must drop things simply because they are heavy Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So- that brings me to another thought that's actually yeah. you know I think it will be good to get off my chest for like just you know my healing 
I, I think another thing that's holding me back from really talking and reaching out to my birth mom, because like, I know she knows it's coming. And like, we, I think it's like, it's there and we both kind of feel it because it's kind of been brought up about to her, like possibly getting together in the next mm. some time. This was months ago, but sometime, you know, and yeah. just, just her and I, which has never happened. Wow. And I think part of what's holding me back from really following through with that is um, I'm afraid to tell her what I've been through and what I've struggled with because I don't want her to feel like anything is her fault. Yeah, that is such a real thing. And I think, you know, you being you and being such a conscientious person and, you know, just it's come through so much in this, right? Of like, I don't want to blame them. I don't want them to think it's their fault. I don't hold anything against them. I'm too conscientious. (laughs) I mean, yeah, but I think that I'm (laughs) not, yeah, I think... I totally relate to that. And I think it's, it can be a really great gift and it can also be a huge pain in the ass. (laughs) Oh, 100%. (laughs) I, yeah, I just, from one adoptee to another, I so feel that concern because there's a piece of wanting to be able to say, this was my experience and I need you to witness it. And also not be like, and this is your fault. Because mm-hmm, it's, <laughs> it's not their fault at all. Like, no. from at least in my case, like, my birth mom was doing what she thought what was best for me. And that's what any mother would do for their child. 100%. And I, I'm grateful for my experiences even if some of them weren't the best. Like I am grateful for every single thing I have lived through and I have, ex- I have experienced in my life because I would just feel so much regret if I didn't feel that way. <laughs> yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And yeah, I, I hope for you that there is a way that you're able to have this conversation with oh, her. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, I think I might actually, you know, mention before you post everything, like, hey, I did this interview if you're interested. So then she can get to know me even. Yeah. And maybe she would be willing to spark conversation after that too. Hey, that's (laughs) a really cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. I'm friends with her on social media. Like I have her on the medias. Amazing. Yeah. So we see each other's life. (laughs) Yeah. So I think honestly out of respect for her I will give her a warning you know just yeah. because like that, that, that would be respectful <laughs> um but yeah I'm also the person who I didn't actually tell my family I was doing this until this morning <laughs> oh nice <laughs> what did they say about it oh they're very happy about it Ellis has actually talked to my mom about it oh yeah 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 so she kind of was like oh is this the thing that Tisa's doing and I was like yeah yeah it is so That's like awesome. there was no bad juju around it at all. Amazing. But yeah, I, I don't know why. Like I just kind of decided to keep it to myself. Like and really just think about everything. <laughs> hey, sometimes yeah, you gotta do that. Totally. I definitely. It's like yeah, it's not a secret. I just I don't want it to be out in the world yet. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then the final question I have for you is: Is there one thing that 
you would like to tell others who may be trying to understand their own experiences in adoption? I feel like this is a very stereotypical thing, but you are not alone. By any means, you are not alone. And even though your experience may be individualized to yourself, like someone can relate to you out there who's also been adopted, even if it's kind of a different experience, like they can relate in some sense. And so, yeah, you're not alone. (laughs) That is such a big and important thing. And cliche or not, like it is so important to hear that. And I think hear it over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. because it can be a very isolating experience. Oh, for sure. Well, thank you so much for going through this. It was awesome to talk to you about that. Yes, it was awesome to see you.